Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Welcome in, Mike, in the morning on this Wednesday. It is great to be with you. The weather outside is absolutely stunning, and uh, glad that you are with me this morning today. At least a couple of things for you, depending on time. Uh, Number one, we've got the latest uh, update on Tiger Woods and uh, his situation uh, right now. Um, I was actually watching the news a little bit earlier with my wife, and um, they had one of the local sheriffs uh, to discuss the scene. And uh, actually, Tiger's team has released a statement kind of detailing what he went through yesterday, so we'll get to that. Also, Ole Miss basketball gets a win over Missouri last night after I declared them dead. They are very much still alive. Now, they're on life support, but there still is a heart beating in there somewhere. So we'll get to both of those. But first, I want to remind you, number one, uh, if you're on the stream, uh, good morning. Glad to see you. Always uh, thankful that you're watching. This does get uploaded in podcast form. Uh, They're messing with stuff and changing names and all that. I think Mike in the Morning is what you have to search for now uh, to get it. Uh, So subscribe there. Um, I'm trying to get it back to where if you search my name, you'll find it. Something happened in the transition from different server. Anyway, um, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and a review. And if you're listening in podcast form, this does get uploaded every single day, or this does go live every morning at 8 o'clock on Periscope and Facebook Live and soon to be YouTube. So I won't waste any more time. Uh, Let's get right into it. Uh, Tiger Woods, uh, the story... And the scenes from his accident in California that happened just after 7 a.m., local time anyway, yesterday morning, um, shook the sports world for sure and beyond that. I mean, my wife watches the Today Show every morning, and that was their lead story. It was everywhere. Fox, CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS. Um, Am I missing one? I'm sure I am. Uh, Everybody was covering this accident. It's It's a huge story. And the scene, uh, just the image of his vehicle, um, it was just hard to fathom. You know, you know, watching that, that um, those images, and the sheriff said it himself. Uh, I mean, it, he he's lucky to be alive. Uh, that was, um, I can't, I can't believe that uh, that that's um, that he was able to be pulled out of that vehicle like that. It's. Um, it's remarkable. I know he's got a long road to recovery, but just him being alive is um, is pretty remarkable after seeing those scenes yesterday. But his team released a statement this morning, and here's what they said. Um, here's the quote from uh, a doctor, uh, the chief medical officer from uh, UCLA Medical Center. It just shows how uh, brutal this really was. He said, uh, Mr. Wood suffered significant orthopedic injuries to his right lower extremity that were treated during emergency surgery by the orthopedic trauma specialist at the hospital. Um, Common, they even said it correctly, uh, open fractures affecting, is it 
Common muted? Oh my gosh, I, I'm an embarrassment. Forgive me. Open fractures affecting both of the upper and lower portions of the tibia and fibula bones were stabilized by inserting a rod into the tibia. Additional injuries to the bones of the foot and ankle were stabilized with a combination of screws and pins. Trauma to the muscle and soft tissue of the leg required surgical release of the covering of the muscles to relieve pressure due to swelling. He is currently awake and responsive and recovering in his hospital room, which, as you can imagine, is an amazing sign. Uh, they thank all the emergency first responders and uh, everybody that gave them well wishes and things like that along the way. Um, they had a doctor on the news this morning uh, describing what they had to do to his leg. And uh, the doctor said uh, the relieving of the pressure of the muscle is a, uh, a leg-saving maneuver. Uh, if they weren't able to do that in time, the guy said amputation would have been on the table. Sounds like that's not the case. Um, but his his fracture, his leg, he said it's not just one break. It's multiple different breaks. The leg, I mean, um, basically shattered and held together by rods and pins. And the recovery is a long and pretty painful one uh, ahead for, for Tiger Woods. So that, that is your latest update. He is awake. He is responsive, which, as you can imagine, is a great, great, great sign. Um, but a long road to recovery uh, for him. I mean, open fractures. Uh, it's just brutal. I mean, they knew right away on the scene that um, that it was that kind of situation, obviously, when it's an open fracture. And um, you just hope for the best in his recovery. Um, I am, I guess I'm human, though. And, and when I saw this yesterday, as the reaction, I imagine from a lot of people, when I first saw it, um, was much like a lot of you. And it was, um, oh, no, uh, I hope. It wasn't because he was impaired. Uh, that was my that was my first thought, and then my second thought was, um, I hope he can play again. And by the way, uh, the sheriff or a deputy on the news this morning reiterated that they at least initially saw no signs, have no signs of impairment, which is uh, obviously a great thing. Um, and how selfish is that, though? You know, for me, I. I it wasn't until Justin Thomas's uh, interview uh, when he was giving a press conference on this. Uh, it wasn't until Justin Thomas uh, broke down in tears. They're very good friends, Justin Thomas and Tiger Woods. Um, uh, when he said uh, he, he brought up Tiger's kids and, and just hopes that uh, that they're okay. And, and then a reporter, after he broke down, literally crying uh, because he was asked about the, his dear friend that was getting his leg literally pieced back together in surgery... And, uh, I mean, possible amputation was apparently something that at least could have possibly happened. Um, and the next question was about the green speed. Um, just a, a poor job of reading the room by that reporter. But it wasn't until Justin Thomas's interview where I kind of checked myself. Because, um, you know, who am I? How, how selfish is that? It's, well, I hope he can play again so he can entertain me for no reason and not my first thought being... You know, what about his his two young kids and the people in his life? And, you know, he's on the operating table getting his leg piece back together. And my first thought was about golf. Um, how selfish am I? But, I mean, a lot of people had those thoughts, especially uh, on the impairment side of things, considering his past. I think it's only human to have that first thought. And hearing that there was no signs of that, 
um, is a very, very, very good, very good thing. And if this truly is the end, I mean, who knows if it is, but that's the speculation, right? This is a speculation business. I tried not to do that yesterday, um, although I thought it internally. I didn't, you know, say that externally. Um, but if this truly is the end, if he's no no more a competitive golfer, right? I mean, he has just broken, severely broken his legs after he recently had his fifth back surgery. Uh, pro golf, possibly not in his future at all. If this is truly the end, though, I think it's very clear that he can be remembered for, for two things. Number one, I think it's very clear. Uh, I think it's really undeniable. I don't know if there's a counter-argument to this statement. Uh, Tiger Woods had more impact on the sport of golf than any athlete has had on their sport possibly ever. I, I think that it's really inarguable what that one guy did for his sport. Um, I, I don't think can be matched by anybody else. Uh, you had athletes that had impact like in social issues uh, during the integration times, stuff like that. But when you're talking about just pure impact on the elevation of their sport, Tiger Woods did more for his sport than any athlete has ever done for any sport, I think, ever. Just look at the purses. The uh, amount of money that's given to the winners in the field of these tournaments pre and post Tiger. Yes, I know inflation's a thing, but without Tiger Woods, th- these guys aren't making the money that they are right now. I've heard multiple people, smart people that cover the sport say just that. So uh, I'll take their word for it as well. But he elevated the sport. He made what is typically a very boring, um, not mainstream. Golf is a very niche sport uh, geared mostly towards rich people. If we're being honest, um, it is a very niche sport. And Tiger Woods and his existence and his presence in the sport made it mainstream. It made golf a talking point. Uh, I mean, he was so polarizing because, uh, I mean, he brought this kind of energy to tournaments, uh, this kind of power that you see in, in football players and basketball players, not not in golf. He was edgy. He was different. Uh, he obviously, he looked different than most golfers. He acted different. He was a polarizing figure that brought more attention on what is otherwise uh, pretty boring for most people, a, a, a niche sport um, that was not mainstream at all, that had a very narrow audience and made it mainstream. People that have never played the sport, never will play the sport, couldn't care less about golf. When Tiger was in contention on Sunday, they watched. He was that magnet on the sport. And you have so many people talk about, well, who's the next Tiger? Who's the next young golfer that's going to polarize the sport? I don't think anybody can do what he did um, in any sport. Nobody's had that kind of impact. So if this is the end, um, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. He took a sport that wasn't mainstream and made it mainstream. Uh, I mean, you think of like Michael Phelps, but he's, you know, every four years and then once once he's gone, swimming just kind of goes back to being swimming again. The impact that Tiger has had on golf is still lasting to this day. And then that that 2019 Masters, uh, one of the greatest comeback stories in golf. I think what is, uh, or in sports, not in golf, in sports. Um, I think what people are so attracted to about Tiger Woods is that he, as a superstar, is as human as any superstar we've ever had. Um, 
I mean, you guys remember the accident and the exposure of uh, what he was doing in his personal life um, and the, the complete fall from grace that he had. I mean, he was on top of the world and um, and completely fell off the map. I mean, he, he went to Pine Grove and Hattiesburg. He um, didn't win for the longest time, and um, he was so just human, you know, um, flawed, uh, making horrible mistakes in his personal life. And then on top of that, his body was breaking down. And that 2008 U.S. Open that he won, what, with a torn ACL and a broken bone in his leg. Um, his body's falling apart. He's having multiple back surgeries. And um, he seemingly gets past what he did in his personal life. And he, he's working really hard to recover. And then you had um, that situation in Florida um with with the substances and being behind the wheel of a car and and he was so terribly flawed just like just like people are you know he was so human and real and he's building himself back up and um he's recovering physically and and trying to recover recover in his personal life and it seems like the 2019 masters was such a culmination of so much where you had this guy that was on top of the world and by his own doing fell off the mountain right? Just completely fell off the mountain. And then physically, he's not there anymore. And here's this guy that in 2019, when nobody, myself included, thought that he would ever compete like that again, especially with the physical, uh, the ailments that he had, what he went through, and then to walk up that night, uh, that 18th green at Augusta and win the Masters and go hug his son. And it was just one of those kind of moments in sports where, and Jim Nance did such a good job on the broadcast by not saying a word. And you just, you let the moment just be there. I will never forget that. A deeply flawed person that made so many mistakes that worked his tail off to get back to the pinnacle of his sport that nobody thought he would get. And in winning the Masters and then hugging his son and clearly seeing all that emotion come out of him, a guy that works so hard in so many different aspects of his life, um, he's, he's, a, he's a human and a very human story. And I just, I'll never forget that. That day at the Masters, one of the greatest comeback stories in sports, physically, emotionally, personally. Um, he seemingly reshaped himself. I mean, just... Um, I'll never forget that. So if this really is the end, I mean, he leaves you with um, those moments polarizing a sport that that isn't polarized at all and uh, creating one of the great comeback stories uh, in the history of sports. Um, It was a remarkable story, and um, it it just, you know, you just hope that he can play with his kids again. You know, you hope that, uh, what is his son's name, Charlie, that he and Charlie can go play golf together. Forget the competitive side of things. Just uh, hopefully he can still be dad. Um, it's just tough. It was really tough. But what a moment that was. Uh, I mean, I, I remember it vividly. And I, I'll never forget what Jim Nance did. Nothing. What was it? Four minutes of broadcast where nobody said a word. And it was the best broadcasting job that any guy doing play-by-play for any events ever done. Just get out of the way, man, and just let that moment be. I'll never forget that. Um, So if this truly is the end of his professional career, uh, leaving with that kind of impact on the sport and uh, leaving us with coming back and winning the Masters like that is just incredible. Um, I'll never forget that moment, even uh, years, years later. 
Um, whew, what an impact he had on that game. So hopefully he recovers. Uh, I, I'm scrolling through Twitter right now to see if there's any more updates, but uh, right now just knowing that he's up, alert, um, and the surgery sounds like it went well. Um, yeah, but uh, I had that same thought that you probably did. Kind of selfish of me, you know, but uh, I, I thought that is, oh, no, hope he wasn't impaired. And then will he ever play again? And um, hmm. anyway, so that's the latest on Tiger Woods. Um, you just you hope he can recover and be dad again. At least that's my hope. So anyway, all right, turning the page now, Ole Miss gets a win over Missouri last night. And here I was, uh, I mean, if there's any indication that uh, people like me in this business uh, don't know everything, uh, I certainly don't. Uh, I declared Ole Miss dead on Saturday. I, I, I said it was over. Um, after they lost to Mississippi State, I thought that that was an irrecoverable game. And, and one, because I didn't think they were going to... I thought they were, after that, a loss yesterday was coming, and they certainly weren't winning out. But I declared them dead. I thought the NCAA tournament, I even said on the radio yesterday, the NCAA tournament's not a conversation that we need to have anymore. Uh, it's over. And uh, I talked about how this team underachieved, and I, I still think that is an accurate assessment. I mean, it's February 24th, and they are outside of the bubble. They're not even in the first four out. They're in the next four out. Um, so I still think that it's an underachievement, but here I go after the game on Saturday declaring that team dead, and yet they're not dead. Not not yet, anyway. Um, they are on life support. They're barely hanging on, but the heart inside is still beating. They beat Missouri 60-53. to uh, There was a stretch in that second half where both teams played collectively the worst basketball you've probably ever seen in your entire life, but Ole Miss does get a win. They shot 38% from the field. They made three three-point shots in the game and still found a way to beat Missouri. That is their third-ranked win this season and have not lost to a ranked team Yet this year, they're 3-0 and against ranked teams. I, I tweeted last night, it's a little hyperbolic because I know they lost to Arkansas and Alabama, for example, who are good teams. But I said if Ole Miss just played against bad teams like they do against good teams, they'd be on the right side of the bubble right now. But instead, uh, because of their incredibly confusing inconsistency they're on the outside looking in still but they're not dead yet that win last night kept them alive the question is you know the NCAA tournament that's all anybody wants to talk about as they should uh, with this team what is the path and I think honestly after this game last night um, there is no margin for error and in this game last night shows you just how bad the loss to Mississippi State was because if they found a way to beat a bad Mississippi State team at home if they found a way to do that, right now we'd be talking about seeding. Last night's game would have done nothing but improve their seeding. That's what we'd be talking about today. Instead, they're not even in the first four out, they're in the next four out. It shows just how devastating that loss to Mississippi State really was. Because beating Missouri last night would have changed everything. They would have been on the out they would have been on the bubble last night, and now we'd be talking about seeding, and that's what they're playing for. And they would have had a little margin for error. But they don't. They don't at all. So I think it's really that simple. They, they have two games currently scheduled left. Now, I do believe they will get a, uh, a makeup game, I guess you can call it that, or a, 
one of the postponed games will be added to their schedule as I understand it. So the way they did the scheduling this year is they added an extra window for postponements and makeup games. So everybody played this week except for um, Kentucky and Texas A&M. I think they were postponed yesterday. Um, but you've got games Saturday. You've got games in the middle of the week next week. And then next Saturday is open for makeup games. The SEC tournament will not start until a week from next Wednesday. So they have a makeup day. So right now, as I understand it, they have Vanderbilt in Nashville on Saturday. You absolutely have to win that game. That's it. It is a must win in the highest order. If you lose, you're definitely done. Not in a Michael Borky called us dead when we really weren't dead kind of done. Not me being a little premature on this basketball team and swinging and missing on that. Um, No, not in that case. If you lose to Vanderbilt on Saturday, it's definitely over. There's nothing you can do other than winning the SEC championship. Um, So you have to beat Vanderbilt. You have to beat Kentucky at home, who's won three straight games now. They're playing better lately. Um, And you have to win this makeup game. And you, you hope that it's LSU instead of South Carolina. Because both of those games, I think, have been postponed for Ole Miss. Um, You want LSU. If the SEC office is willing to give you LSU, you you want LSU, uh, if that is the case. But I do believe they will have an extra game. Either way, you have to win all three and at least one, probably more, in the SEC tournament. There's your path. There's no margin for error whatsoever. Uh, But joke is on me. I declared them dead Saturday. I thought it was over. I thought they were done. I declared them dead. They are not dead just yet. There is no margin for error whatsoever. They can't lose again until like the third game of the SEC tournament for this to matter. Um, But not dead just yet. Team still plays hard. I mean, if nothing else you can take away from this game that uh, if given every reason to quit, the team... They're not going to quit. They they still play hard. Um, Kermit Davis has kept that locker room together. And um, not dead. Not dead just yet. I did record a uh, Rebel Report earlier um, because I'm a glutton for punishment. Like I said, I, I stretched really, really thin right now. Uh, but if you want more thoughts, uh, you can find them there. But basically, that's what it is. Um, it's a nice win. 3-0 against top 25 teams somehow. If they just brought this kind of energy to the Mississippi State game, maybe uh, they would be on the right side of the NCAA tournament bubble, but here they are. Uh, Not dead yet, even though I declared them dead. And um, we'll see if they can go on a run here. They have to. They don't have a choice if they want to make the tournament. I did learn yesterday that the NIT is still a thing. Uh, I figured that was going to be canceled, but it sounds like they're going to still try to put on the NIT. Uh, So they can host an NIT game, and, and that is something. Um, there's value to the NIT. It's not the NCAA tournament. You shouldn't celebrate NIT births, but there's still value there. So postseason basketball is still very much on the table uh, for Ole Miss, even if not the NCAA tournament. I do not think Mississippi State really uh, is an option there for the NIT. I don't believe so. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't think they're really in that mix right now, barring you know them winning a handful of games and getting themselves back into that conversation. But yeah, it's a it's a good win. There's a pulse. It's it's on life support. It's fading, but it is there. They still have a pulse. They're not dead. 
just yet. And the last thing for you, I just I found this funny. Um, these numbers are, are honestly mind blowing. So the Washington football team is apparently up for sale, and Jeff Bezos, the uh, Amazon guy, is apparently involved in talks to buy the Washington football team. Um, here's the mind-blowing stuff about it, though. And this is a little bit wordy. We talked about this on the radio show yesterday, some, but this is a little bit wordy, so forgive me. But Jeff Bezos, you know he's worth almost $200 billion. If you added the net worth of the five richest NFL owners together, if you added them all together, and you multiplied it by four, the gap between that number and Jeff Bezos' net worth is more than the richest NFL owner, his entire worth. So that's a bit wordy. Here's um, a little bit easier number to digest. According to Bloomberg, Jeff Bezos is worth $186 billion as of, so it's Wednesday, Monday, as of Monday, $186 billion. The Forbes valuations of all 32 NFL teams combined stands for uh, is $97 billion. Bezos is worth 186. The entire NFL combined, 97. That means Jeff Bezos could buy the entire league, dissolve it, just because he can. He can buy it and just dissolve it all. And he would still be the ninth richest person in the world. He could buy the entire NFL and light that money on fire and still be the ninth richest person in the world. I mean, think about that. That's just hard to fathom. But he's involved in talks with the Washington football team. I joked yesterday on the show that, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the little Amazon robots that they have in their warehouses now, where there's hundreds of them. And they're the ones that like pick the sh- things off the shelf and then um, will put them on certain trucks or sorting tables and stuff like that. There's hundreds of these robots on the floor. And they're all automated, obviously. But they weave in and out of each other in perfect sync, somehow. I mean, there's hundreds of them and they are all just passing through each other perfectly. It's incredible. I, I would YouTube it uh, if you haven't seen something like that yet. I swear, if Jeff Bezos buys the Washington football team, number one, he's somehow going to get the the residents of D.C. to pay for his new stadium that he's going to build somehow with $196 billion. He'll still get the public to pay for it somehow. But after they get a new stadium, that's going to be your concessions. You won't even have to get up out of your seat. You'll just pull up the Amazon app and just type in, you know, $25 light beer, that's eight ounces, and a little robot is going to drive it up and deliver it to your seat. I mean, seriously, that is, uh, that's the future if he buys that team, I swear. But um, Jeff Bezos, he could buy the entire NFL twice. Twice. It's crazy. Oh, man. Um, the modernization of uh, concession delivery, by the way, I, I saw a video of uh, a soccer stadium in Europe where in front of the seats was a, a little train track. You know, like a little toy train, basically. And the train would deliver your drinks for you. So you'd order, I guess, through a waiter or something, you know, a beer or whatever you want. And somebody would put it on this train and the train would drive around your row and you'd just pick up your beer 
kind of like the the sushi uh, like assembly lines that you've seen in some places where they will literally like put sushi on a conveyor belt and you pick up what you want off the belt like you pay a flat fee and you can just eat whatever you want off the belt you just grab it like that but a train so a train's going around the stadium and you you get your order that way we're going to get something like that with Jeff Bezos's Washington football team ownership um crazy 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 numbers so anyway um those are the stories of the day though I mean Tiger Woods is, is dominating the news as you can imagine I mean the um the most polarizing figure in the game of golf, one of the most polarizing figures in all of sports, um, having an accident like that, uh, just brutal. And that's everywhere. The scene uh, was just, the sheriff said multiple times, he's lucky to be alive. And um, just hope he recovers well. And uh, even if this is it, his impact on the game and impact on sports is um, remarkable. I mean, really, uh, I don't think he can be replicated at all. So hope he recovers well. Ole Miss did get a win last night over Missouri, which was a good win. And they're still alive. You've got baseball today. Oh, I didn't even bring this up, but the the D1 poll came out. And uh, guess what? Uh, Ole Miss is number one in that as well. Ole Miss was one, Arkansas two, Vanderbilt three, Mississippi State five. I think we may have talked about this yesterday, Um, but Arkansas fans are furious furious that they are behind Ole Miss, even though uh, they started the season behind Ole Miss, and they each beat the same three teams. I don't know why they're mad. I can't quite figure that out, but they're mad. They are very, very mad uh, on the internet, which is not a good place to be mad. So we will uh, we'll talk about baseball games tomorrow. Uh, Ole Miss announced uh, their uh, their spring game date and stuff like that. Haven't seen anything out of Mississippi State on that front just yet. However, um, it's good that that's actually being planned and happening. Case numbers continue to just plummet, so hopefully we can have some sense of normalcy around spring football because these programs uh, they deserve it. They need they should be loud to have recruits at that point. The NCAA apparently is not going to let that happen, but um, it's good to see those things on the schedule after what we dealt with uh, last year. So we'll talk about all that tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and a review. Thank you for watching on the stream. Uh, Always glad that you are with me. Y'all have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning at 8. Talk Mississippi Media Production.